Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's, it's so good to see you. Happy New Year. Almost. We're, we're almost there. If we haven't met before, my name is Ken, and I am the pastor here at Crosswinds. I wasn't supposed to preach today. Uh, Nigel Simons was, but he's not feeling very well, so I'd ask you to pray for him. And so I'm your last-minute replacement. You would have enjoyed Nigel's message. It was well-prepared. I considered preaching his message today. <laughs> it would have fit better, but um, mine, eh, not so prepared. Okay, uh, I found out about five o'clock yesterday that I actually had this assignment, but I, I was reading God's word and preaching this passage to myself all week. So I think God has something to say for us. Um, just preaching it to myself. Have you ever had things not go the way you planned? How many of you are thinking right now? 223, I just nailed last year. Nobody? <laughs> that everything just went according to my plans last year? Did anybody feel like they just nailed the year? Uh, you know, friends, I didn't even stick to my own plans. You know, my sins often got in my way. You know, honestly, there are times this year when I was really pretty disappointed with my own behavior. I do want to do better for God, my family, and for you, this church. But my sin gets in my way sometimes. You know, some of my last year's resolutions fell pretty flat. Can anybody relate? Or are you just perfect? You can kind of relate that not everything went in 2023 the way we kind of thought it could. It's not that it was a bad year. You know, it's just that it didn't all happen the way we planned. It, you know, if you feel like you nailed it last year before God and before man, maybe you should be the one up here today preaching. Because I didn't. But neither did the guy who wrote our text today. The Apostle Paul. See, the Apostle Paul understands my struggle. And he understands your struggle. And he writes this, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate. And now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that dwells within me. For I know nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that dwells in me. Friends, I call that the doo-doo passage. Because that's how I feel when I blow it. I feel like doo-doo. And I think that that's how the apostle Paul felt about his sin too because he said this in verse 24, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Do, do you ever feel like your mind wants to do better but your body is just not cooperating? 
This is why most people's New Year's resolutions are about losing weight and all these things about their body. But our flesh is not cooperating. It, it, it's at war with us. Now, now, we might think that the way to win this war over sin is to get more determined and to make stronger resolutions that we will just do better. But friends, the Apostle Paul was resolute in his commitment not to sin, and it did not work. So what's the answer? You know, I lost seven pounds this week. But it wasn't about a resolution. It wasn't. I didn't get more determined. I studied this passage all week. Today, we're starting unexpectedly a 10-week series in Romans 8, where I hope we can do something differently this year. Paul suggests focusing our hearts not on what we resolve to do, but on the assurance of God's love for us. And the series is called Assurance, not insurance. Assurance is a certainty. Insurance is a backup plan for when things fail. You know, if you think about it, insurance, while it is necessary in this life, is kind of like a Ponzi scheme. You pay money or, or your effort, and the only way you get paid back is if things go badly. It may reassure you that you have insurance, but it does not assure you of anything. Insurance people sell you insurance by giving you a sense of dread about your future. You, you buy it to avoid catastrophe. But there's only one way you can benefit from it, if there's a catastrophe. Assurance is the belief that ultimately... There is not an ultimate catastrophe. It's, it's the trust that there is ultimately not a catastrophe. Often with insurance, if there's a catastrophe, the writers of the insurance try to find loopholes not to pay out what they promised. But God's assurance is a guaranteed payout. Whether there is a catastrophe or not, he will do abundantly more than what we can think or we can imagine. Yet, most Christians approach their faith as insurance rather than reading the fine print of God's word that gives them assurance. They may hope for a payout, but they're not completely certain it will happen because of their sin. They, they inwardly feel like they just don't measure up or, or, or qualify for God's love because of their performance over this last year because they do what they do not want to do. This first message series today is called No More Dread. If you're dreading this year, with all that you've gone through this last year, are you treating your faith as assurance of God's love or insurance against future disaster. Today, if this year did not go well, or as well as you hoped, and the world seems uncertain, you do not to need to dread the future. 
in future catastrophes. Friends, you can be assured today of God's love for you. And being assured of God's love is how we stop doing what we do not want to do. See, the devil's condemnation of us makes us do what we do not want to do. Because we start to calculate in our minds that sin is somehow our identity and we can't help it, so we might as well go ahead and do it. But remember what Paul said in Romans 7.20, Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin that dwells within me. Friends, sin is not you. It's not your identity. God loves you. He hates sin because it damages you, not him. Sin doesn't damage God. His, his day is not going to be ruined. But he loves you and it damages you. And today you can be assured of his love for you. Let's, let's look at the, uh, the first, verse of, first four verses of Romans 8. To, to help us gain assurance of his love. It starts out this way. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, if you desire a better year this year than last year, I'm not going to ask you to do better. Instead, I'm going to ask you to memorize that verse and preach it to yourself every day. Friends, I, I'm serious. That we're going to have memory verses homework throughout this series. I want you to change, and I want to change through this series to become assured, to read the fine print of the assurance of God's love. See, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the Bible tells us, and our minds are pre-programmed for dread. They are. They're pre-programmed for dread by insurance people by the news, by financial advisors, by other negative people's views or expectations of us, and by those who sell religion like insurance. As it's, it's just something good for death or a crisis. Friends, assurance is about believing this verse and living it every day. It is to believe it, but to believe it, friends, you need to know it, and you need to use it to reprogram your dread-filled mind with it. What, what it's saying is that it doesn't matter if you failed like Paul and you feel like a wretch today. Right now, in this very moment, you are not condemned by God if you are in Christ Jesus. God doesn't seek to condemn you. He never has. The truth is, he's always been for you. But you and I and everyone else, we start out already condemned because of our sin. That's our, our natural state. No matter how good or how disciplined you are as a person, you're condemned to an eternity in hell without Christ Jesus. But that's not God's will for you. John 3.17 says, 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This verse is saying that God is for you and desires for you not to be condemned. You can be assured today of his, God, uh, his love for you. Not if you perform better. Not if you accomplish all your goals. <clears throat> not if you do great things for him. He loved you before you ever did anything. In Romans 5, 8, it says, But God shows his love for us that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, you can't be loved any more than you are right now. God does not change. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. You can be assured of his love for you right now. Paul here is, is stating what is true, not what he feels. Remember, he felt like a wretch because of his sin. Friends, feelings lie. That's why you need to transform your mind by memorizing this truth so that you can live in assurance instead of dread. And this verse is not talking about some future moment. It says now. It says right now. Right now, there is no condemnation. Some of you dreaders and some of you catastrophizers might be thinking, that sounds too good to be true. I've done some bad things. And I haven't done a lot of the good things I should have. Some of you might be thinking, well, I've been a little bad. And I've only done a little good. So I might just be a little condemned. It says no. It says no. And no means no. There is no condemnation for you if you are in Christ Jesus. No matter how good, much good, or how much bad, or how little good, or how much, how little um. Uh, how much good or how little good you've done. There's no condemnation for you if you're in Christ Jesus. Not, not one little tiny bit. See, this is not about your behavior. It's about where your heart is at. Friends, what governs your heart? Is it in Christ Jesus? Have you trusted in him to save you? Have you trusted in his leadership for your life? Then you can't be condemned. You can't be. You've been justified by his blood. That term justified means declared not guilty of sin, just as if I never sinned. If a criminal has been declared not guilty, can they be locked up again? No, they, they've been declared not guilty of their crimes. They go free. If you are in Christ, why are you still sitting in the jail of your sins? Why are you feeling condemned? God says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and he's the judge, not you. Is your faith and attempts to do good just thinking like insurance? Hedge a bet? Or do you have assurance of his love for you? Now this verse, honestly, can be a little hard to get through our thick brains. 
There was a man I discipled for two years. His mind had been so warped by the sins and the condemnation that he received from others, and then because of that, by his own sin. And he would tell you that it took about two years of me constantly sharing this verse with him till one day he believed it. But when he did, everything in his life changed. He was free. He was no longer bound by his sin. He was free to do the good that God has called him to do as his son. Friends, memorize that verse. Just say it to yourself every day and and put your name in. There is there, therefore, now no condemnation for Ken, who is in Christ Jesus. There is there no condemnation for Mike, who is in Christ Jesus. Say it with your Name in it. But look at what Paul says next. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Friends, why do you dread? Why do you have fear? It's because your mind is living under the law of sin and death. You're believing deep down in your heart that you will get what you deserve. Instead of believing that God is for you and has set you free by his grace from a destiny of destruction. Yes, we, we will all die. But in Christ Jesus, death has lost its sting. Death is just something we pass through. Our, our good shepherd calls it a shadow that we pass through, a, a trick of the light. It's, it's a nap that you wake up from and receive all of God's promises to you. Friends, I'm not saying you will not suffer in this life. Jesus promises that you will. Whether you believe in him or not, friend, you will suffer at times. But the assurance is that you will not be condemned, but that you will enter into his kingdom, into a kingdom where there is no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more destruction anymore. In Christ Jesus, the spirit of life has set you free. Notice the past tense. It has happened. It's, it's not something you have to earn. It, it's not something you have to work towards. It, 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 it has happened. Even on your worst performance day, your, your most sinful day, it has happened. Even when you have an extremely bad year and things don't go the way you planned, <clears throat> it has happened. Your future is secure. You can be assured of God's love for you because it's not about how good you are. It's about how good he is. If you're living in dread, you're, you're believing more in the law of sin and death than in the spirit of life. Today, focus your mind, refocus your mind on the spirit of life that has set you free. Can I get an amen? Isn't that true? The spirit of life has set us free. Worrying about whether you are insured against coming destruction will make you feel condemned. That's religion. Especially when, not if, you fail at times. 
Paul continues in verse 3, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. For God has done. Whose work matters here? God, the one Paul mentions first. This is also in past tense, isn't it? It's already been done. So why are you so consumed with your own doo-doo? And allowing the devil and your own mind to condemn you. Maybe it's because you're expecting the wrong thing to save you. The law. You're expecting the law to save you. Or, or God's standard. And you feel that if you can only do what he said, you'll be okay. But what does Paul say? The law can't save us. It's weakened by our flesh because sin dwells in us. The law is good. It's very good. God, it was God's design. But it was never meant to be your savior. It, it was meant to be a mirror to let you know what your sin is, to let you know what is killing you. So you would come to God who loves you and find salvation. Yes, if you could perfectly obey the law, you could save yourself. But Paul says you can't. He couldn't. Do you remember his struggle with the doo-doo? And how he was feeling like a wretch? His own flesh was not strong enough, and he was a pretty good guy, to be perfectly obedient, to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. And Paul wrote the Bible. What hope do you or I have in our flesh if he had none? The law was not God's plan to save you from your sin. From the beginning, before the foundation of the world, it was his son. He sent his own son. That is saying Jesus existed before the incarnation, before he came to this world. He was perfect, the very substance of God. He came in the likeness of our sinful flesh, just like us, but without the, the sin living in him. He was tempted, but he did not sin because he was God. He understands our sin. He understands our temptation. But only he was able to perfectly resist. Sin did not live in him as it does in us. In him lived life, true life. He came for sin, not to sin. We can be assured of God's love because God sent him to destroy it. And the way he destroys the power of sin was to condemn it, to put it to death in his own flesh. He died, and when he died, he killed sin. He killed its power to condemn us. So next time your sin tries to condemn you, you say, no sin, you died. You don't control me. You're not the boss of me. I am in Jesus, who is alive. Dead things have no power. 
Sin's dead. He does. Talk to that bad boy, Sin. Tell him who's boss. God allowed Jesus to be condemned by the sins of men and, and to be hung on a cross. And on that cross, he took away our sin and he took away our shame. We all know that, right? But what's even more incredible and what this verse is saying is that he gave us righteousness. He gave us his righteousness. It was imputed to us. His flesh being God was a perfect sacrifice, fulfilling our debt to God for our sin. And we became righteousness. A great exchange happened. Look what Paul says happened next. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Jesus died to make us perfect before God to make us acceptable to him. He alone, out of all humanity, fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. He lived the perfect year, all 33 years. God's law is perfect, and only a perfect sacrifice can satisfy his wrath towards our sin. Jesus has done it. Sin has no power to condemn you brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ Jesus. Not if you're more disciplined. Not if you behave more perfectly. Not if you try to obey the law. But in Christ Jesus, the one who has fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. So if you're trying to do it yourself, are you in Christ Jesus? No. That's why you feel condemned. That's why you feel dread. Beloved, you are saved by your faith in his son, by his grace. Can, can, can your flesh save you according to the Apostle Paul? Can it? No? Then why are you kicking yourself? Why are you dreading a future destruction? There is now, in this present moment, no condemnation in Christ. The spirit of life has set you free. Now stay free. Stay free, brothers and sisters. Stay in that moment. Keep that moment. Read that verse to yourself. Now, in this moment, right now. There is no condemnation for me who is in Christ Jesus. Stay free. And, and friends, don't let the rest of this verse trip you up and start to enslave you all over again. It says, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, the, the religiously minded will make this into a law. And if they see that you're not walking right in their eyes, or if you see that you're not walking right in your eyes, if you sin, then you start to feel condemned or be condemned by them. But then what becomes the standard? You. Your flesh. 
Your flesh is becoming what is expected to have the power to overcome your sin. And Paul already has said that our flesh does not have the power. It's, it's too weak. So we are not trying to walk to obey the law. We are to walk to obey the Spirit. There's a difference. Seeking to obey the law will lead to death and to condemnation. Seeking to obey the Spirit will lead to life, freedom, and eternal life. The Spirit leads us to Jesus. We are saved by being in Him, not by obedience to the law. Being with Him is what changes us and gives us the strength to obey His law. We need Him. Trusting in the flesh is being self-reliant, and we become prideful, separating us from God. Trusting in the Spirit makes us humbly, humble and dependent on God for our salvation, because only He can save us. Friend, are you walking in the assurance of His love for you? That's walking in the Spirit. It's not walking in dread, which will make you dead, but walking in the truth that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, now when you obey God, you do it in love, not in dread, not in fear of punishment. And friends, obedience becomes easier when you get in step with the spirit of life, when that's what you let rule you. The Bible says this in 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Friends, do you have that desire to be perfect? Then this year, do not make a resolution for your flesh not to sin. Don't make that resolution. To become perfect, make the resolution to trust and be assured every day of his love for you and let him perfect you. It's a different way of thinking. Today, friend, repent. Turn from your fear that only leads to death and turn and receive and believe in his love that leads to freedom and to eternal life. No more dread, friend, over what you do. Repent. Become assured of his love for you. Repent. Read the fine print of his word. Let him do the heavy lifting of your life and find peace and find joy. Be fruitful in the world because we can be fruitful when we're not dragging around the world in dread. He made us for good works but we're trying to do them on our own sometimes. We do the good works by walking around being assured of his love.
Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for the assurance of your love that you have proved it in Christ Jesus. You don't just say you love you love us. You don't just come up with some crazy insurance policy for us as if we do these right things and, and do all the right stipulations, we'll be covered. You say to us, our sin is covered in Christ Jesus. By, by faith in him, by trust in the spirit of life that has set us free from death and sin. Father, in 2024, as a church, let us walk in the assurance of your love. We're, we're going to go through tough times. Though. Do every year. We're going to have disappointments. Those happen every year. But ultimately, we win. We've won the prize. The love of the God who created us. Salvation in his name. Friends, let's stop doing it alone. Let's live in his power. His power comes in surrender, not in trying harder. Friend, today, surrender your heart to believe what he has said to you. He has done it. Live free in him. In Jesus' name I pray.